0: and this is episode number 55 of Dying to be Found. If you are a new listener, thanks so much for tuning in, and if you're a loyal listener, as always, thank you so much for hanging in with us. Regardless of when you started listening, we really appreciate you being here, where I like to say DB2F is a family thing. So, yep, I have Shelby here today. She is my daughter, and we're going to take on a special case that is open to interpretation. We don't Always talk about those high profile cases, but we do always talk about true crime. So I hope you are liking this new format that we have out this season. If you have something you want to hear, take a look at our show notes for more information on how to contact us and consider buying us a coffee to help support the show. Because, Shelby, you and I just had this conversation. We do love our coffee. We
1: sure do. And it would be wonderful if I had my coffee for today. <laughs>
0: Yep. We're doing an early morning record and Shelby told me to give her 10 minutes because she was brewing some coffee. But, uh, yeah. How's that working out for you?
1: Not well. (laughs) (laughs) We took a quick trip to the, to the beach and, um, the coffee maker's not working. So I shall have coffee soon.
0: Good for you. I've, oh, I'm using, I don't know if you even noticed this, what cup I'm using this morning. Do you remember this one? Oh,
1: yes. I got that from the Christian bookstore.
0: Yeah. Shelby got me this amazing cup. I love that cup. Yeah. I love it too. It's my favorite cup. And it's not just because you gave it to me. It's literally my favorite cup because it holds two curry cups. It's the only oh, one in the house wow. that does that. So
1: really?
0: Yeah. All right. I was thinking about you when I put this storyline together, Shelves, because you work in finance and I think you have the mind of an investor. Anytime we have conversations on the stock market, you really, really know your stuff. So sometimes you give me advice on what I should be investing in. So I wanted to ask your thoughts on cryptocurrency.
1: I honestly wish that I got into that a little early in the game. Uh, at this moment in time, it's not something that I would personally invest in. That's totally just me. But I, you know, had a uh, Bitcoin, for example. I mean, I don't even know what they're up to at this time. I, I, I'm not a huge fan, but I'm not going to push it off, if that makes sense. Like it right is. now is just I, not the time for me that I, I would like to invest in it. <laughs> Why not? Well, I do have the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. So it's like a very minuscule version of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not doing so hot right now.
0: Okay. Well, Bitcoin is doing pretty hot because do you have $23,052 laying around to buy a share?
1: Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> Me neither. Have you heard of OneCoin? No, I have not. Okay, well, that's what we're talking about today. And we're going to be talking about a story of a fugitive that authorities at this very moment, Shelby, are dying to find. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a story of Ruja Plemenova Ignatova, a well-established law student who attended Oxford University on her way to success. However, she chose to initiate one of the largest Ponzi schemes involving cryptocurrency ever documented in the United States. Does Ignatova have a criminal mind? Yes, but not in the sense of what you're used to when listening to true crime podcasts like ours. And back in 2014, Shelby, Ignatova was accused of laundering a hundred and four million US dollars. Your eyeballs are getting big.
1: Yeah, wow. <laughs>
0: Yep. $104 US dollars through a crypto Ponzi scheme using that company I had mentioned called OneCoin, which is supposedly similar to what we know as Bitcoin. You had just mentioned you hadn't heard of it. You know what a Ponzi scheme is, right? Yes. Yep. Do you want to tell our listeners or... That was the guy, wasn't it? It was. It was the guy. Do you want to? I I had a little teachable moment to tell our listeners about the Ponzi scheme, but of course I'll have one at the end here because it's all about educating people. And this one I think is really important because I just did a financial literacy workshop recently, and this is something that's not always taught at home. Mm -hmm. Did you want to tell people what a Ponzi scheme is? I mean, I can give the history of it, but do you want to just give a little bit of feedback on what it is?
1: Paying investors with money that comes from new investors and uh, investment.
0: Exactly. So basically they are paying others on borrowed money that doesn't really 100% exist. Yeah. Well, I wanted to give you the history of the Ponzi scheme. So yeah, we're going to talk about that guy. It was Charles Ponzi. Charles Ponzi is given credit for creating a major scheme back in 1920. And this scheme was so large that Charles Dickens even wrote two novels about it. I did not know that. That's cool.
1: Wow. No, I didn't know that either.
0: Charles Ponzi targeted the United States Postal Service or USPS. And during that era, the USPS allowed people like you and me to pre-purchase postage coupons and send it to whomever we wanted to in the mail. Let's say I'm going to pre-purchase some postage coupons for you Shelby. I'm going to mail those to you and when you receive them you're going to take them to the post office and exchange these coupons for postage stamps. Sounds reasonable right? Yes. All right well Old Ponzi got a little greedy and began promising a 50% return on these coupon investments to people like you and me, or he really said that you could make a 100% return in 90 days. Wow. I know, right? I mean, that sounds amazing. Of course, people are thinking cha-ching.
1: Exactly.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, it's really enticing, but instead of taking his investors funds and investing those in the USPS prepaid coupons, Charles Ponzi took that money, got new investors to jump on board and paid his original investors with that money, with that new money, with the money that didn't exist, borrowed money, however you want to say it. Ironically, Shelby, I don't know if you even knew this. The name of Ponzi's company that he had for this scheme was called the Securities Exchange Company. Sound familiar?
1: AKA the SEC.
0: Yeah. That came later because of this incident here. Absolutely. The Securities Exchange Act of 1934 was established to oversee securities transactions similar to what occurred back in the 1920 Ponzi schemes, which guaranteed a more accurate and transparent accounting of public investments. Shelves I'm going to say this is pretty much what you do every day when you manage accounts.
1: Yes, there are some advisors that we do help uh, in regards to compliance for the SEC. Now, some of our advisors are not. It's it's interesting because I just learned this maybe a year or two ago where some of our advisors are not large enough to actually have to register with the SEC directly. So they're just registering by the state. But yes, in regards to, you know, those compliance laws, we do help a lot of our advisors with certain things that do pertain to, you know, making sure the advisor is doing everything that they're supposed to. And they're they're really starting to crack down just on simple things like rolling over accounts and whatnot. That's a new law that actually just came into play last year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. I remember when you got your degree and I don't even know if you remember what I said to you. I said that you had to be really, really careful because you will be working with money. And when people work with money, they get greedy.
1: Ah, I do remember saying that. Yeah. or I remember you saying that.
0: Absolutely. So there's a lot of accountability because people, I mean, it's human nature, I suppose, but you can honestly get yourself in a lot of trouble, especially if you have a big responsibility with those accounts. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk about cryptocurrency. Of course, we have this new form of what we will say is currency that's 100% digitally managed. And Shelby, I listened to a really good podcast and I don't remember what it was, but it was talking about the dark web. This was several months ago, but they actually had an episode on Bitcoin and how it's used. So to me, it's a little complicated. I don't fully trust it. And I don't know why. I mean, I just looked it up to see how much Bitcoin is worth. Obviously $23,000 per share.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Me personally, I don't know enough about it. So I'm not going to say that it's sketchy or anything like that. But I'm hesitant to ever invest in Bitcoin.
1: Mm-hmm. The um, the guy what is his name Mark the guy who owns Mavericks
0: yeah the Mavericks you mean uh, from Shark Tank
1: yes he is like the last I remember he is huge into Bitcoin or was it's Mark Cuban Mark Cuban
0: yeah okay that's cool well you know I mean he's a savvy guy so he's gonna know more than more than me on this topic yeah oh all
1: right. <laughs> I mean, if he's for it, maybe we should rethink our stance on this.
0: <laughs> maybe. Yeah. But he also has financial advisors. I'm sure he pays to monitor all that.
1: Yeah. Very true.
0: hmm According to Investopedia, cryptocurrency is a digital currency that holds a high level of encryptions that makes it virtually impossible to counterfeit or double spend. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because it operates under a digital system, cryptocurrency requires the use of many, many computers that are linked to a peer-to-peer network, creating a blockchain of information where the computer records accurate transactions documented by timestamps in transactional movement. So I want you to think of a grid, Shelby, which is kind of sectioned off. I mean I know that you can see all those little numbers, all those green numbers going through your mind right now, but block those off in a grid, kind of like what we're looking at each other on our platform today. So let's multiply that by hundreds of thousands. So you've got a grid and everything is sectioned off into blocks just like you would see on a map that I know that you're going to read one day. Right. And cryptocurrency would be easy to read and analyze because you can go sp- specifically to a certain block if you want to identify something, and that's what blockchaining is all about. It would require a ton of computer-generated space, kind of like the old days when computers were huge. They had big rooms of all these computers that were probably put on different shelves, so computer after computer after computer. And Shelby, the podcast that I listened to specifically said that people who manage cryptocurrency have big warehouses of nothing but computers upon computers upon computers that have to be managed monitored it's it's really really a big thing
1: i mean that makes sense as to why it's so expensive because i mean it probably costs thousands of dollars to keep the what's the word i'm looking for like to to upkeep the computer systems to pay the people Operate. that are watching operating yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. that makes sense as to why they're so dang expensive
0: mm-hmm. absolutely well, we're going to go into the crypto queen here, who is named Ruja Ignitova. She was born on May 30th, 1980. That's a great day, isn't it? It <laughs> is.
1: That's uh, your birthday.
0: It is my birthday. She was born to an engineer and a teacher in Ruse, Bulgaria, and moved to Germany when she was 10 years old. Growing up, Ignitova always dreamed of being rich and was always reading books on how to make money. Not a bad thing. I mean, what was that book I gave you? It was Rich Dad, Poor Dad?
1: Yes. Yeah. I was just thinking of that book too.
0: Yeah. Always good to kind of get ahead because nobody wants to struggle financially for their entire life. Absolutely. No,
1: definitely not.
0: Ignatova studied European law at Oxford University and was fluent in four languages, including Russian, German, English, and Bulgarian. She is considered someone with high intelligence and was so good at public speaking that she often attended conferences to speak to investors. In 2014, at one of these conferences... She began convincing conference goers to invest in her company called OneCoin. This would be in competition with Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Back in 2014, Ignatova and her business partner, Carl Sebastian Greenwood, founded the company called OneCoin. But the difference between that and Bitcoin, Shelby, is that OneCoin was never mined through those computers like Bitcoin is. And there's no public information given to investors on how how this cryptocurrency would be managed so she talked the talk she had really good words very convincing but didn't have any portfolios to back it up
1: wow that would be a red flag immediately
0: Mm-hmm. Ignatova and her partner simply told investors that one coin would kill Bitcoin, and this is why you should invest. She professed herself in 2014 to be crypto queen and promised investors a large return with little to no risk. Now, Ignatova and her partner convinced around 1 million investors from 175 countries to spend all of their time and energy looking for people like you and me to invest. Wow. So, like a pyramid scheme, right? Right. Mm-hmm. By 2016, Ignatova and Greenwood would go on to create what we know is that Ponzi scheme targeting Bitcoin. Besides this Ponzi scheme, Ignatova marketed OneCoin heavily and convinced investors unfamiliar with cryptocurrency to buy into OneCoin. She would be targeting people like you and me, Shelbs, because we don't really know much about it.
1: Right. Wow.
0: Then she would have them sell investment packages to their friends and family. Basically, she targeted investors unfamiliar with Bitcoin, which is really easy to do. It's relatively still, even though it's making a ton of money on the stock market, Shelby, it's still a new concept. And there's just not enough information or relevance right now in the financial world. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but do you manage crypto coin through your accounts? Uh, Bitcoin? Yeah. Do you manage Bitcoin or cryptocurrency?
1: I do not. Um, the platforms that I work with do not allow for the buying and selling of cryptocurrencies. So I'd be interested to come across an advisor that that might.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So obviously we have a lot going on here. Ignatova is getting her investors to get other people to invest, creating that pyramid. Then she's paying her older investors with the new investors' money. In the whole scheme of things, no pun intended, Ignitova was a really good salesperson and knew how to be convincing. Ignitova made claims that one coin was backed by a reputable blockchain company which, according to US news, provides security and transparency in the cryptocurrency market. So, she's saying that her company is being Backed by a reputable company because that blockchain, I mean, somebody's got to manage the blockchain, right? Yeah. She simply made up a price for her OneCoin investors, which was never regulated. She never publicly registered or traded OneCoin on the stock exchange. You've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. Obviously, she successfully marketed OneCoin on a fabricated platform. She successfully sold her ideas to the public. And get this, Shelby, she made off with $4 billion of investors' money from around the world. What do you think of that?
1: Wow, that's crazy.
0: It is, yeah. Well, Obviously, when we have a good thing going for us, you know it's going to come to an end. At some point in time, it's got to, right? That's right. What is that? Murphy's Law?
1: Yeah. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong.
0: Yes, and things started to go wrong. By 2016, OneCoin began losing traction with investors as they began finding it difficult to sell off OneCoin or even recoup their money on their investments. So, this would be around the time that I think that investors are starting to say, "Wait a minute, something's fishy here." In the marketing world, this represents a decline in a product's life cycle. You always have to be looking at that product to find new ways to keep it alive. Otherwise, it's just going to go downhill. Investors did start getting antsy and yeah, they began figuring out that, wait a minute, I think I'm being scammed here.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Also, Shelby, by this time in 2016, news media outlets began investigating OneCoin and this is the beginning of the end for Ruja Ignatova. Wow, she had a good run. Yeah, she did have a good run because she started all this back in 2014. So, even for two years I mean she made off with four billion
1: yeah four billion dollars that's a ton of money
0: it is in just two years
1: and I have to say yeah she targeted the right people for
0: this. She sure did. I mean, she was going to all these conferences, and you've got large audiences when there are those big conferences. Well, on March 15, 2017, several federal agencies met to discuss one coin and its owners, which would be Ruja Ignatova and Carl Greenwood. These agencies included the New York District Attorney, the U.S. Department of Justice, the FBI and representatives from the UK, Germany, Netherlands, Dubai, and Bulgaria. So, obviously, Shelby, by March of 2017, things are getting really serious here.
1: Absolutely. That's, I mean, a ton of different federal agencies. So, to have that number, definitely pretty serious.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Ignatova was formally charged in absentia in America at least in 2019 for wiring, for wire and securities fraud, plus conspiracy to commit money laundering. The FBI announced a 100000 reward for any information to Ignatova's arrest. Ultimately, Shelby, this self-professed crypto queen, Ruja Ignatova, certainly reached celebrity status when she was placed on the FBI's most wanted list in 2017. She is only the 11th woman to be placed on this list can you believe that
1: wow that's crazy i can't believe that i i haven't heard of this i mean I, this was what six years ago
0: Mm-hmm. so and and to this day she's on the run according to cnn by october 2017 ignitova was charged in the united states with one count each of wire fraud Word is that Ignatova was tipped off that the feds were closing in and she set a plant in motion to flee the country.
1: Wow, that's crazy.
0: On October 25th, 2017, Ignatova was last seen boarding a plane from Bulgaria to Greece, leaving behind her business partner, Carl Green, and her brother, Constantine, who eventually, Shelby, took the fall for the whole one coin, everything. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. And no worries, because she had stashed approximately $500 million in her suitcase for her trip.
1: Wow. I know. <laughs> Plus the $4 billion in cryptocurrency.
0: No, I'm thinking that she had to leave that behind, but she was able to carry $500 million in cash with her. Shelby, there are timestamps and just all sorts of thumbprints on cryptocurrency. There's no way she would be able to make any transactions in her name and not get caught. Huh. Well, that
1: just seems like a waste of a few years for her then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, in July 2018, Carl Greenwood was arrested in his home in Thailand and was extradited to the United States where he pleaded guilty in connection to commit wire fraud and conspiracy to launder money. So he was ultimately taken down for this whole thing. But let me just mention a little bit about Ruja's brother, Constantine. When Ruja disappeared in 2017, Constantine took over OneCoin Affairs. She basically said, hey, I'm leaving. You take care of things. I'll catch up with you later. In March of 2019, Constantine was arrested at the Los Angeles International Airport as he was boarding a flight to Bulgaria after a business trip to the United States. Talk about embarrassing, eh?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) He pleaded guilty to multiple felonies, including conspiracy to commit wire fraud, money laundering, and fraud, and is currently free on bond while awaiting his sentences. By the time this airs, he may have gone to trial, but as of the day we're recording here, there's no news on what direction that's taking yet. Constantine states that his sister communicated an exit strategy to him all the way back to 2014 when they first started OneCoin. Wow. Wow. So she had a plan from the very beginning, and Constantine was instructed to take the money and run and blame someone else on the way out. How about that?
1: Wow. If she had a a plan to, an exit plan from the very beginning, uh, that just goes to show, you know, she 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 knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing was wrong. Why would you create an exit plan for something you're so sure of of working out in the beginning? You know? It just doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Absolutely. You know, she was of high intelligence and normally crooks are, for the most part. No, crooks are stupid, but Mm -hmm. people to this capacity, people at this level definitely have high high intelligence. Absolutely. So let's give a little bit of information on Ruja Ignatova, just in case any of our listeners run into someone who fits her description. Shelby, she's gorgeous. She's just gorgeous. When last seen in 2017, she had brown hair and brown eyes I mean obviously she could dye her hair she could put contacts in court records reflect that she is accustomed to living a life of luxury and made major investments in real estate in Belgrade, Serbia, horse racing in Abu Dhabi, and an oil field in Madagascar. So she's still active. I don't know how she's getting around that. She may be under, obviously, an assumed name, right? hmm Right. Ignatova is believed to be traveling with armed guards, and as of July 4th, 2022, it's believed that she may have had cosmetic surgery to alter her appearance. Wow. She speaks German, English, and Bulgarian, and has ties to Bulgaria, Germany, Russia, Greece, and the United Arab Emirates. If she is ever caught, Ignatova faces up to 80 years in prison if convicted. So what do you think so far? Is this nuts or what?
1: I have no idea.
0: As of January 29th, 2023, I'm about to throw a real twist into this case because Ignatova went off the grid for, what did we say, six years? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I found an article in Business Insider that was dated January 29th, 2023. So it's not even that long ago. It is said that Ignatova has a property listing in the UK and it's pretty solid that this property is linked to Rusha. So there is a little bit of movement out there, Shelby. I just think that she made a mistake. You can't stay gone long, right? You can't stay gone forever. Right. According to a lead taken from this investigation, Ignatova had purchased a penthouse in London, England on November 4th, 2021, under some business name. The thing about that, Shelbs, is that there are new transparency laws put into effect as of 2023, and you're nodding your head. Is this what you were talking about earlier? with transparency? Um,
1: no, a part of it, but I'm seeing a huge change with these different financial platforms where my company used to be able to be the the name on the account that our advisors are registering with us, mm-hmm. are registering us for, but that is no longer allowed. They need a singular person. They typically need our social security number. Like it's it's crazy.
0: Yeah, so pretty much the same thing. And back in 2021, Ruja, she was forced to be named as the company's beneficiary. She had to put her name on there. I guess my question here is, Shelbs, if she has been in hiding for six years and put her real name down, why would she not have gone under an assumed name? Surely she had contacts to make that fake identity you know what direction i'm going here i do it just makes no sense that she would have put her real name apparently the name that the flat was listed under is a real corporation but they declined interviews obviously They didn't want to discuss transaction related to the crypto queen. Regardless, if a UK property does not have a beneficiary listed, sales can no longer go through due to that transparency law. So everything comes to a standstill until you get that beneficiary. Yeah, that's interesting. According to Entrepreneur Magazine, a lawsuit was filed by the victims against OneCoin and court documents revealed that Ruja Ignatova has that $500 million stashed away in bank accounts located in Dubai as of 2021. She definitely has enough money to stay hidden as long as that sale from the London flat does not come back to bite her.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, when I first looked this story up, I told you that we had some pretty recent updates on that real estate activity. But since February 22nd, 2023, There's even more articles starting to pop up, Shelby, about Ignatova. I looked this up just last night to see if there were any updates because it's an active case. And I'm not going to say that there's a lot of substance to this because it's not on the major news outlets yet. It's in all those cryptocurrency magazines or websites. There is rumor that Ignatova was assassinated by a drug lord that may have invested money in one coin.
1: I did not see that coming at all. Really? No. Wow.
0: I know. Well, I mean, again, there's no substance to that yet. We will find out. But just from what I read yesterday, it's a possibility. I have no idea. We'll see how this pans out in the end, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Oh, my gosh.
0: Well, Shelbs, that's the story of Ruja Ignatova, a.k.a. the Crypto Queen. Well, that was a really good one. Yeah. Do you still want to go out and and invest in Bitcoin? No. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was a good one. I thought you'd really enjoy this. I did. Do you have a teachable moment for us today? Of course I do. You absolutely need to do your own homework before ever entrusting your money in new or old companies. And Shelby, that includes your financial investors as well. You need to know their background. You need to do a little bit of homework on them. They can say that they can help you, but again, when you're working with money, people can get greedy. Mm -hmm. And you know that playing the stock market is risky, and some companies are riskier than others. I mean, there's those different tiers that we invest in. Are we going to go strong and aggressive or are we just gonna kinda do some easy investing? It's all up to you, but you just need to do your homework. Honestly, to me, there's still not enough information about cryptocurrency and how it's regulated in order for me to even consider investing in that company. I would gauge it. I would consider it maybe later in the future once I see how things work out. There are still entirely too many ways to become a victim of fraud these days if it sounds too good to be true we know that it is too good to be true right unless you are exceptional with analyzing market trends and potential investments you need a financial advisor to help you make those decisions because they will affect you in the long run mm-hmm. and i've heard too many stories of elderly people being swindled which is honestly show me that's, that's one of the most disgusting acts that i can think of but we can do our duty diligence to pay attention to where our money is going ask questions seek advice and just say no if something does sound a little bit too good to be true so that's my teachable moment verify and verify your verifications before you invest in your life savings well thank you that was great Yeah, no problem. All right, you all, that again is the case of Ruzsa Ignatova. We would love to hear what our listeners have to say about this case. If you have any information concerning Ignatova, please contact your local FBI office or the nearest American embassy or consulate. There you have it. Until next week, we'll talk to you soon. Bye! Thanks for listening to Dying to Be Found. Before we go, we would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest at Dying to Be Found. You can access our website, email, social media, and storyline request form by clicking on our Linktree account found in our show notes. If you like our episodes, consider buying us a coffee at BuyMeACoffee.com/dine-to-be-found, spelled just like you see it on our logo. Feel free to message us on Instagram and let us know how we're doing or if you'd like a sticker. With that, be sure to check us out every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. We will talk to you all next week.